A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Telling a woman that she can't be an elder is a nonsense rule. If they claim to be in the body, we let them have it. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. Heretics Christianizing the American dream. I said that you, uh, that, that many LDS folks and I uh, love the same Jesus. Uh, I still believe that. Sawing is a blessing from God to make you rich. And Jesus like a lottery ticket. The Lord spoke to my heart. Then very few times I've ever heard God be disarticulate with me. And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Master's Dog, episode 160. I'm your host, Norm, The Master's Dog Dunham, a.k.a. The Evangelical Norm. Master's Dog is a podcast I do to deal with false teachers, false prophets, false doctrine, whatever. whatever whenever God's truth is attacked, I bark. Just like the quote at the beginning of the introduction, that's the, the foundation of this podcast is that if there's somebody out there and they are t- uh, taking and twisting up and um, misrepresenting or you know attacking God's truth, I'm going to make some noise about it. So that's the whole premise of the podcast. It started out as a podcast called Faith and Beliefs Refuted. I did this because the um, Saints Unscripted podcast started a segment of their podcast called Faith and Beliefs, and they were talking about the LDS Articles of Faith. I wanted to respond to those videos and show based on those, how Mormonism does not line up with mainstream Christianity. After they finished the, the 13 Articles of Faith, they continued on with, you know, just issues of doctrine and so on. So I committed, I said I would respond to every one of those uh, podcasts that they do, dealing with theology and so on, to show how Mormon theology is different than mainstream Christianity, that they cannot claim to be Christian. They can claim to be whatever they want to be. They can claim to be a religion, and they're free to worship and do, and I am going to, I'm going to try my best to convince people to come out of it. That's my whole goal, is to get people out of a deceptive religion. But they don't get to call themselves Christian, because they follow a false Christ. Period. That's the bottom line. So, uh, later on, as they continued to do this and other things were coming up, I wanted to just deal with all kinds of stuff. I didn't want to just deal with the Mormons. So I started uh, doing, you know, I, I created the Master's Dog podcast and to deal with all sorts of, not just, you know, pseudo-Christian heretical groups, but, you know, Joel Osteen's and Todd White's and all these other people led into uh, another segment of this podcast called False Teacher of the Week and so on, which I've got one coming up tomorrow. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit at the end. So there you go. There's the there's the, the background on the podcast, a little more extensive than I usually do for the new um, subscribers, even the brand new subscriber that I got like three hours ago. Okay. Yes. I watched that that closely that I actually, I just happened to refresh and seen that it went from 464 to 465. Um, and so, yeah, I, um, and that's because of you guys. Again, thank you to everybody who likes, comments, shares the videos. Those comments on the video are huge. It makes the algorithm send it out to more and more people, uh, wider audience and 
apt to get more and more uh, subscribers. You're helping the channel grow by liking, subscribing, sharing, and most of all, commenting. Really, honestly, your comments. Because if you leave a comment, I ask you to, to you know, send me false teachers, whatever. Any comments you make when people search those words, the, the comments come up and they help the videos get found as well. So, please keep making comments, even if they're mean. I don't, I, I can handle it. I'm a big boy. I can take a mean comment, but if a mean comment is going to get more viewers, I'm down for that. So, today we are back to our... Uh, the roots of the podcast. We are dealing with the faith and belief segment of the uh, Saints Unscripted podcast. I'm finally going to catch up today on past faith and beliefs that I had missed. I was about five or six behind. Um, hadn't done any in a month and a half. So today is going to be the final catch up on those. I'll hit a false teacher of the week. And then I'll be all caught up on May, most of the podcasting. I still got a bunch of unsolicited I want to do. And so... Hopefully over the next couple of days uh, with some days off and stuff like that, we'll get that done. So all that being said, here we go. Kind of piggybacking on yesterday's podcast uh, or not yesterday's two days ago that I did of the whole issue of plural women having plural husbands. Wasn't why wasn't that an issue and so on with Joseph Smith uh, taking women to be his eternal wives, which essentially left them with more than one husband because they were still married for time in this realm and whatever. So um, it was just weird. Go back and watch the video, episode 159. Um, But today he's going to talk about, and this is something that actually I have heard many, many times, that Joseph Smith was sending men on missions so that he could steal their wives. Um, Again, is that, you know, is it... It's never been an argument that I've used. Um, I don't know that I've ever mentioned it. Uh, I've mentioned Joseph Smith's wives in the past, plural wives and so on. But again, as an apologist, as a, you know, an evangelist and so on, this has never been an argument that I've used. Um, I always come back to the gospel. Um, who, the person in nature of Christ, the person in nature of God, the or, and the, the nature of salvation. Those things, I mean... Joseph Smith's plural wives, that's a great tangent to get off on, and it's, it's, it really is. It's interesting to talk about. Not really a, a point of debate when dealing with an evangelistic uh, encounter. So, all that being said, and I'm going to scratch my nose, I apologize for those of you who are watching, for those listening. You didn't even know, but there you go. We are going to jump into this. So here is our friend David from Saints Unscripted, and we are going to let him talk about uh, Joseph Smith and whether or not he was stealing wives for men or sending them off to steal their wives. Hey guys, so as you already know, Joseph Smith practiced polygamy or plural marriage. He was married or sealed to more than one woman. Now, some of the women he was sealed to were already legally married to other men. We talk more about that topic in this video, so go watch that if you haven't yet. That video will provide- I responded to that video just a couple of days ago, so go watch that some very important context for this video. So what are we gonna talk about today? Well, over the years, lots of people have claimed that Joseph Smith sent men on missions and then married their wives. The first person to make this claim was early Latter-day Saint dissident John C. Bennett, for example, here, here, and here. Fast forwarding to modern times, one critic writes, there is substantial evidence to show that Joseph Smith was sealed to the wives of other men. Many of the poor guys were on their missions when Joseph Smith married their wives. So here's the deal. 
it's not difficult to make general claims like this. It is much more difficult to actually name names. Unless the witness possesses any genuine name of consequence, this session is now concluded. Who exactly are the many poor guys that were on missions when Joseph married their wives? Where exactly is the evidence that corroborates this rumor? In this video, we're going to dive into the history and see what we can find. Okay, so before we do that, let's just deal with this statement here. Um, first, the, the, it, as of with the last video that I responded to, it, there's no contestation about the fact that Joseph Smith married women who were already married to other men, whether he was married for time and eternity or just for eternity, whatever. We deal with that in the last. But it's an important fact to remember. Let's just hold on to that. Let's set the stage. Joseph Smith did marry the wives of other men while they were married to other men. Okay. Now, again, the question here is, was he sending men on their mission and then marrying their wives? Were some, a lot of those poor fools already on their mission when Joseph Smith took their wives? Okay, we're going to deal with that. Then we're going to deal with the obvious Elliot, elephant, Elliot, elephant in the room. So let's continue. All right, so please understand that when it comes to questions about Joseph's plural ceilings, there's often not a lot of evidence to go off of, and different scholars sometimes come to different conclusions. That said, the evidence suggests that 14 out of Joseph's approximately 35 wives had legal husbands while also being sealed to Joseph. So did Joseph send any of these 14 husbands on missions and marry their wives while they were away? Let's just go about this methodically. We'll start with the easy ones. The husbands of Mary Elizabeth Rollins, Ruth Vose, and Sarah Kingsley were not members of the church and thus were not serving missions when these women were sealed to Joseph. Presendia Huntington was sealed to Joseph on December 11th, 1841. Her husband was inactive at the time and was not on a mission. Patty Bartlett was sealed to Joseph on March 9th, 1842. Various records place her husband, David Sessions, in Nauvoo at this time. He actually served as a juror the day after the Ceiling. Thus, he was not on a mission. Sarah Ann Whitney, whose situation we talked more about in the last episode, was not married to anyone else at the time she was sealed to Joseph. Thus, no husband on a mission. She married Joseph Kingsbury later on. Zina Huntington was sealed to Joseph on October 27, 1841. Her husband, Henry Jacobs, was not a missionary at this time. He left on a mission in January of the next year. Elvira Cowles was sealed to Joseph on June 1, 1843. Her husband, Jonathan Holmes, was a shoemaker in Nauvoo, according According to accounting records, he was not on a mission at this time. Sylvia Sessions was married to Windsor Lyon. She was most likely sealed to Joseph sometime after Windsor had been excommunicated on November 19th, 1842, thus not on a mission. Some believe the sealing happened in February 1842. In any case, a variety of documents place him in Nauvoo in 1842. We know next to nothing about Joseph's sealings to Esther Dutcher, Mary Heron, and Elizabeth Davis. I have not found evidence indicating that Elizabeth's husband, Job as Durfee ever served a mission. The other two husbands, Albert Smith and John Snyder, did serve missions, but since we don't know when, or frankly even if, Esther and Mary were sealed to Joseph, we don't know if there was any overlap. Thus, I'm marking these two cases as inconclusive. Now, let's talk about Lucinda Pendleton. Scholars Richard Anderson and Scott Fallring wrote that the claim that Lucinda was sealed to Joseph Smith is not based on impressive evidence. Brian Hales seems to agree. But even if she was sealed to Joseph, we don't have a sealing 
date. Some have suggested 1838. Brian Hale's safe estimate was that it probably wouldn't have occurred after July 1841. Her husband, George Harris, did serve a mission between July 1840 and September 1841. If she was sealed to Joseph, it could have been while her husband was away, but we just don't know, so this one is inconclusive as well. That leaves us with one more case to consider, Joseph's sealing to Marinda Johnson. There are two possible dates for the sealing, either April of 1842 or May of 1843, or she could have been sealed to Joseph on both dates. If she was sealed to Joseph in April 1842, then her husband, Orson Hyde, would have been away as a missionary. In 1840, Orson had a dream about being a missionary in the Holy Land. At a church conference that same year, he told leaders what he felt called to do, and they approved. By April 1842, he'd been gone for almost two years. If Marinda was sealed to Joseph in April 1842, it's unclear whether Orson had given his approval beforehand or not. Two antagonistic sources indicate he was unaware of the sealing. Two other antagonistic sources indicate he had previously agreed to the sealing. All four sources are problematic for their own reasons. For what it's worth, both Orson and Miranda were faithful members of the church throughout the rest of their lives. So, was Joseph sealed to men's wives while they were off on missions? It's a solid no for 10 of the 14 relationships. Three others are inconclusive because we don't know when their sealing dates were, and Marinda's case is inconclusive as well since we have two possible sealing dates. Some critics like John C. Bennett try to paint this picture of Joseph sending men on missions in order to get them out of the way so he could get with their wives. This is just not the story the historical record is telling us, and it's not the story these women or their husbands told. I hope this information sheds some light on this question. There's obviously much more that could be said about this, so if you want to really dig in, check out the resources in the YouTube description. Arm yourselves with knowledge. Watch some of our other videos while you're here, and have a great day. All right, so there you go. Inconclusive, conclusive, def definitive, whatever. Um, so we've got... <laughs> Here's the thing, all right? Whether or not Joseph Smith sent men on their missions and then stole their wives. This is a question, and I just, I don't know what I just put my arm in. This is <laughs> live podcasting, right? We're going to just clean up this little bit of salsa. Don't eat, don't eat chips and salsa before recording a podcast. There, there's our lesson for the day. We're done. So, whether or not Joseph Smith sent, this is a ridiculous argument. This is... <laughs> Is it possible for, you know, it's a straw man. It really is. It's, it's a straw man and it's stupid. It's a ridiculous argument for the simple fact that who cares what the circumstances behind Joseph Smith taking other men's wives were. Joseph Smith took 14 women who were legally married to another man, man and married them himself. Okay, not only is this illegal, but this is immoral this is adultery. And, and again, I, I got heated in the last video when I, I talked about it. But again, this is not anything that we have any precedence anywhere in Scripture of God ordering men to take plural wives. He didn't tell Abraham to do it. He didn't tell Isaac to do it. He didn't tell Jacob to do it. He didn't tell Solomon to do it or David to do it. None of these men in scripture that we have evidence of them having more than one wife, do we ever see anything where God said, I want you to go do this. This is a requirement for your exaltation. One, we don't see any evidence of men being exalted in scripture, in biblical scripture. 
right? God says, there's no God before me, neither will there be one after me. Men do not become gods, period. First strike against the Mormon church. Second, God does not order men to take second wives anywhere, period. Right? Three, even if, 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 we, if we give the, the premise, if we, if we concede to the premise that Joseph Smith received revelation from God, that it's required for men to have plural wives to enter into exaltation in eternity, then Joseph Smith essentially went to these 14 men and stole their opportunity for exaltation. So what? So he could be more exalted? Right? All of this causes problems, and the fact that David so triumphantly stands up there and goes, well, here we go, you know, we, we've defeated this argument. You didn't defeat anything. You still have to deal with the fact that you have an immoral con man as the foundation of your church, and he was taking men's wives. Whatever the circumstances behind it, whether the men gave their approval or not, None of this is something that we expect to see from a prophet of God. And now, okay, of course, everyone's going to bring up David. David had, you know, Bathsheba, and he was a man after God's own heart, and da-da-da-da-da. And yeah, and he was called. I brought it up last week, and I'll, or the other day, and I'll bring it up again. Nathan came to David, and he said, look... A, a rich man has all these sheep and there's a poor man that only has one and he treated his sheep like the family. The rich man has fa- has uh, people coming over, needs to entertain, goes and steals the, the man's one sheep rather than using the sheep of his own and you know, kills it and feeds the people with it. And David was, was you know, angry. He said that man would have to pay back four times what he took and blah, 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 right? And Nathan said, you are the man. This is essentially exactly what Joseph Smith did. If any of this is, is true, if any of these, these revelations and, and requirements for exaltation is true, then Joseph Smith essentially became that man who stole these other dudes. I mean, these other dudes had one. What Joseph already had multiple wives. I mean, if we're only talking about 14 out of 34, Joseph's has got 20 other wives, but yet he goes to these other men, these other 14 men who only have one, and he says, you know what? I'm taking yours too. You don't get exaltation. Okay, take all of that, wrap that up, and now put that in your fast and testimony meeting about Joseph Smith. Right? Right? I mean, it's so ridiculous that we're even, have, even having this conversation that anyone would even bring this up, that whatever the dude's name, the, the, the you know, early on Mormon dissenter, would even bring this up. Again, this is why I don't bring these things up. Because these things are not important. These arguments, they're, they're just sidetracks. These are things that people do to get you off into the weeds and get you away from the issue, the core issues of what is the problem with Mormonism. The fact that they follow a false Jesus, a false gospel, a false God, all presented by a false prophet. They are the people that are talked about in Matthew when Jesus said, will they come, they'll come to me and say, Lord, Lord, did we not do these things in your name? And I will look at them and say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. These are people who believe that they are following after Christ, but the Christ that they're following after is not real. It's a counterfeit. It's, and, and before you go in, oh, there's only one Jesus. And, uh, Jesus said there will be false Christs. 
He said there would be imposters that were impersonating him, essentially. He said it would happen. So to say this is not possible, you're calling Jesus a liar. So let's dispel that argument first. And then look at the reality that there are differences. There are major differences. Dallas Jenkins, are you paying attention? There are major differences between the Mormon of the, the Jesus of the Bible and the Jesus of Mormonism. Huge differences. And for anyone to say, we love the same Jesus as an, as an evangelical, as a Christian, to say that about the Mormons is, is misled, deceived, wrong, or simply lying. Because there is no way that, the, that, that mainstream Christianity and Mormonism follow the same Jesus. There's huge differences. There are other videos that have already been done, but let me break down just a little bit. Jesus of the Bible created everything. He is God incarnate. He is alpha, the Alpha and the Omega from eternity to eternity. No beginning and no end. There was no God before him, neither will there be any God after him. He is not the product of any kind of union between God the Father and a heavenly mother. He is the creator of all things. Now the Mormon Jesus. The, whether you want to believe it's a sexual encounter or whatever. God, according to Mormon theology, Elohim, God the Father, had a, heavenly, had a, a wife in heaven, heavenly mother, who, and maybe multiple of them, had Jesus was a spirit baby, and so are the rest of us, including Lucifer. So Jesus did not create any of us. He was created by somebody through whatever means. Traditional thought is that it's through a sexual encounter between Elohim and Heavenly Mother. And that this is where Jesus and he's our big brother spiritually and Lucifer's brother and so on. And before Elohim, there were other gods. So Elohim does not line up with the God of the Bible because then you've got to call him a liar. Because he said, there's no God before him, neither will there be after me. And there's a God before him, this eternal regression of gods. You know, great, 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 great heavenly grandfather, right? So again, then the, the Jesus of Mormonism, popular thought, that had, had wives, had children. You know, again, there are all these different things. And those, that's, a, that's a dumb argument. But again, the, let's talk about, again, the God of Mormonism. Had a father who had a father who had a father who had a father, and our the God of the Bible it is not. Jesus is God, God the Son of the Triune God, right? Salvation, salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone, according to Scripture alone, to the glory of God alone. Yes, I am Reformed. I'm a Calvinist. <sighs> Mormonism, you're saved by grace after all you can do, and you'll never be able to do enough. So there's bottom line. There we go. And, and, and I'm going to leave it at that. I, I got way off track again. But again, that's the important thing. Whether or not Joseph sent men on their missions to steal their wives is pointless because this, the fact still stands. Whether he sent them on missions or not, he still took their wives. Whether it be for time or for time in all eternity or just for eternity. Joseph Smith took the wives of other men and that is immoral, that is not godly, that is 
That's not something that a prophet of God does. And God does not command plural marriage. Other than that, I don't have any strong feelings about it. So there you go, guys. Last thing. Um, the next episode in the, the line of faith and beliefs, are face cards evil? This was a video. I was going to actually do a response to the video until I watched it. And it's just, I mean, this is just a pointless, pointless, did I, did I say pointless thing? Because, again, back in the day at different times, there were all kinds of different churches that thought cards were evil, gambling was evil, this and that. I vaguely remember as a kid hearing stuff about cards being evil and not being able to play cards and stuff like that. But I mean, this is, this is not an argument that has been had for years. So what this says to me about faith and beliefs and saints unscripted, I firmly believe this is going to be ending soon. I will not be responding to any more of these videos because they won't be making them because if this is what they have as content, they're running out of content. They're running out of content that they can actually deal with. And, I mean, this is this is just ridiculous. I mean, are cards evil? No. The Mormons don't think so now. They did once upon a time. Sure, they did. There's, there's statements from LDS teachers and, and so on, general authorities. But, again, there's comment. You can find those comments from Christian, evangelical, uh, all kinds of, you know, New Age, you name it. I mean... There were all kinds of different people who thought the cards were evil for different reasons and so on. So do we need to, to even discuss that? No, because again, in, in no place, I, I'm, I'm sure there are still churches out there today. I mean, I'm, I'm betting there are apostolic churches, um, stuff like that on, on, in, within mainstream Christianity that still think cards are evil. So, I mean, okay. Not a big deal, not something that I'm going to take uh, 30 minutes out of mine or your day to discuss. So there you go, guys. Um, hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully um, I didn't get too heated and it just didn't get too far off the rails. But, you know, it is what it is. I tend to get a little uh, passionate when this stuff comes up because some of it is just really ridiculous. And this being one of them, I mean, it's a it's a. A weird argument to try to deflect away from a serious issue. So there we go, guys. Thank you for taking the time out to watch. Thank you for sharing, liking. This is the time if you if you want to hit the like button for that video. Um, if you liked what the content, if not, you can dislike it. You can uh, comment. Let me know. Let me know if you hated it because comments are comments and they make the video go wider. So I'm down. I'm a big boy. I can handle it. Let me know what you think and how you feel. And by all means, if you know, if you want me to look into any false people you believe to be false teachers and throw them on my list, I've got, I've got a pretty good, um, running list of false teachers of the week. So it continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, Robin D Bullock coming up soon. Um, so I've been, that I was going to mention that I was going to do this episode today. I'm still listening to some of this dude's prophetic, uh, videos um so i'm gonna probably tomorrow afternoon drop false teacher of the week and have a little bit more information to go on with robin d bullock and that's our false teacher of the week for episode 101 thank you guys for watching thank you for taking the time being here as always preach the gospel at all times use words they're necessary until tomorrow soli deo gloria